why the fuck does he ignite his lightsaber at the end of that? Because you gotta know it's my lightsaber. I know. What? That you literally, gotta know. when that happened, I, I was like, that. thank you for the confirmation. <laughs> I was worried you were a fake Darth Maul. Like, what? I guess he was gonna go off screen and kill people? That was, because, I totally because it was a that. Star Wars film. You no, need but to yeah, have that was totally like a, a lightsaber at okay. least once, right? We started stroking the fans, but now let's make them come, guys! Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode, we talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back into Film Tank. This is episode 155, and I am your host, Alex Diekman. Usual guys, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan are here. Whoa, that's a really long name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Toussaint Egan. Hi. Hi. Mine was funnier. Okay. You guys do the same beats every single week. It's yeah. pretty repetitive. Yeah, it's kind of like a... I don't know. <laughs> Locked and loaded. Way to go, Tucson. Yeah. Tango and Cash. <laughs> or Franklin Wait. and Bash for the uh, older crowd. Sure. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Also joining us for the first time in a while. In a while. Brian Turnbaugh. Hey. Hey. Spider-Man, I think it was the last one. Too long. Too long. That was too long. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Too long. So today, uh, Star Wars made another appearance in the theater. (sighs) And perhaps they'll be having less appearances in the theater now. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, this one's on track to make half of what Rogue One made. Yeah, but it was... I don't know. I just don't see. If if one of the episodes does something like this, then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. But all this is going to make them do is just make these movies even worse, but make them yeah. pump them out at the same rate. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. I uh... or, or pump them out at the same rate, but for less money. They gave Ryan Johnson an entire new trilogy. And I'm not saying that like that's an inherently bad thing, but they're in no way pumping the brakes. I think we could do a little bit less than one every six months, though. I mean, that would be ideal. It'd be great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that is a clip. I mean, I mean, and I wonder, you know, or, or do they go a, a different direction and, and somehow bring in a better director? I mean, not that Ron Howard is a bad one, but like this was—he's no, a this company was, man. This exactly. This was mired in um, yeah. a lot of. I mean, who, it would be. Uh, do you ever think they'll, they'll release in any capacity? What the directors had before? I mean, the, wouldn't you uh, love no. everything? The vault everything that they'll happened. release that the day they release Song of the South on Blu-ray. Yeah, they'll. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. It's gonna be a package deal on DVD. I would buy the shit out of that. Yeah, on DVD and HD DVD. Um, <laughs> HD DVD. Yeah. Um, PSP UHD. Sure. Or no, UMDs. Those. That's what those. Oh were. my god! That is a blast from the past. I have those. Who? 
who was was it Amelia Clark who came out and basically said how horrible the the film was going to be. I didn't actually read any of the press because I didn't give a shit about it. But I mean, you should have. I have some feelings about but this film. She, like she had comments in it. Like she like referred to it as like she said she said the f word in her Whoa. comments about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, that's, that's not terrible. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, people were trying to praise Ron Howard, and it's interesting because it seemed like. As with a lot of properties, like the day that it came out, it was like over the moon, like positive talk. And then since then, everyone's like, we, we didn't really like well, this don't, I love Because it's powered I, by a fan press. Yeah. But, you know, you were talking about like PR, right? Mm-hmm. And I always love like seeing the type of nuggets that are dropped like the week before any of this happens. And then you see all these kind of like false flag things go up like, hey, are they giving the wrong franchise to uh, – should it actually go to Lando or – you know, they're, they're always, like, dropping these types of different right. false uh, I, movie I don't excitements, you know, to just gin up, you know, uh, that we should, by default, already be so jazzed about this new trajectory right. that this is going to go. Yeah, if, like, this movie you're about to see is so good uh, we just, that we, it's going to lift up. Yes, we're just, you're so spoiled with all these options that we could have moving yeah. forward creatively. I just uh-uh. see that as performative wokeness, really. I think that they, <laughs> I, I, I'm honest. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think that they just do it because Donald Glover is the flavor of the month right now. He's doing very well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy yeah, for yeah, his, his. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yes, yeah, that's a really yeah. good, that's a really good music video. Um, and, you know, he's. It's really interesting to see him come into this role um, for this really iconic. Did you know he's pansexual in this movie? I don't. I don't wanna, right. He would right. not stop that's what grabbing I mean. genitalia. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's of all kinds. Yeah, that's a performative wokeness again. I can't stand that shit if it has no bearing on the actual story or the actual depiction of that character. I think it's dumb. I think that you know considerations. Lando Carlosian, more like Pando Carlosian. I think that considerations <laughs> as to who should be the shepherd of a of a franchise of a film. I feel like those. Um, I, I kind of take them by a case by case basis, mostly because you know I've I've made those sort of arguments before. But in the case of this, it's just like, eh. well, we know that we're at least going to get a movie with Amelia Clark and her master at some point. Oh, so. oh boy, that's great! Uh, I can't, I can't, uh, true. Uh, yeah, right, uh, right, yeah. Did you? Um, we're going to talk about that. But did yeah. anybody really? Was anybody really shocked? Well, we we have to do the introductions for this fucking film indeed, first. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. We haven't even said what the name of this film is. Oh, uh, yeah. It was Solo, not Solo. That's correct. Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah. Solo, Dawn of Justice. I was until you told me this was a Star Wars movie. <laughs> During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo <laughs> meets his future co-pilot, Chewbacca, and encounters Lando Calrissian. Oh, God, that's who that was. Years Chewie. before joining the Rebellion. We've got to get you a shorter name. It's like, I'm a driver. I'm a pilot. Best on pile in the world. What? Why does Han Solo sound like Ross Perot? Why does he what? sound like he's got marbles in his fucking mouth? I don't know. I mean, did he really sound like that to you? He just. It's very interesting watching this film because, like, at some point halfway through, I honestly God forgot who the fuck that was. I was like, oh, that's Han Solo. Han Solo? Oh. It just didn't seem like Han Solo to me. He felt like a totally different character. So is this a black people thing, saying Han instead of Han? Or? I can say whatever the fuck I want. Han or Han. <laughs> Check out this motherfucker. <laughs> Check out this motherfucker. That's his name. Yeah. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. So the film stars Alden. Aaron Wright. Aaron Wright. What? Aaron Wright. So simple. Yeah, thanks. That's not the 
first or last time you're going to say that after I say something. No, it's not. Fantastic. As Han Solo. Also, Amelia Clark as Kira. And the aforementioned Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. How do you spell Kira's name? How do you spell her name? It's Q-I apostrophe R-A. Ah, I'm so proud of you. I would not have known that until I saw that somewhere. It's a weird, like... That's a Star Wars thing. Yeah, it's a Star Wars thing. So Woody Harrelson also making an appearance here as Beckett. As well as... Timothy Beckett. Thandie Newton. Thandie Newton. Yeah, As his... Bridged her pretty quick. Yeah, no. well, not really. But she had still. commitments on Westworld. So. I'll get to John Favreau, my favorite character. Can I like read them off here? Yeah, she's Jonas Sudamo returns as Chewbacca oh. as he took over for Peter Mayhew because he's in a wheelchair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he actually is. So glad, but that's the truth. No, we know oh. Brian's sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Don't so judge, now the Nick. Jerk. Glad you <laughs> see my banana peel worked. It is kind of weird because he's a really tall guy, so to see him going around in a motorized <laughs> cart is a little weird. Uh, also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, yeah. is in here as L337. Mm. And boy, they're just going to run out of numbers here soon for these droids. <laughs> uh, and also, small appearances by Warwick Davis, Clint Howard, <laughs> uh, Paul Bettany, and John Favreau. Ah! What was John Favreau? Rio! He was the little alien guy who what? drove the ship. Uh, yeah! Right, so. Four arms. Yeah. Makes sense. All that guy. Yeah. I actually kind of liked his design. I liked him, yeah. I did too. The way he moves around the ship. Like, that was one of those things where it's like like a character sketch or a promotional image doesn't really do that justice because yeah. that just, oh, well, they gave him two extra arms. But the fluidity in which he moved around was actually kind of... Uh... I thought that his design was interesting. I liked his humor. Um, yeah. I thought that his scenes were interesting. So, of course, he had to fucking die. Well, yeah. But you if, he went, if he went any longer, would you have been like, eh, they're kind that of... They're just, they're just kind of doing a rocket raccoon thing. Right um, here. I mean, would that have kind of... Would you have started no. paralleling that in the you, back of you your see, mind? See, here's the thing. I was like, I... Let's just go into opening thoughts. So, anyways, <laughs> really quickly, yeah. uh, the film was directed by Ron Howard. Uh, but it was executive produced by two people. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 13 other people have producer credits on this film. Yeah. Oh, so that's 13 reasons why this sucked. <laughs> wow. That. So, oh, man. who wow. wants to give Damn. opening remarks? Me. Nick wants to start. I only want to get this out of the way because I actually think uh, people might be surprised, but I didn't really mind this. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm like going to bat for it, yeah. but... There's a very strong possibility Nick's going to have the highest rating yeah, on this. Yeah, it may be. Yeah. Um, for a Star Wars movie. I, I know. That's why Woo. I was just kind of taken aback. Here's the thing. Um, there's a lot in this movie that is ridiculous and laughable from the... Like Han Solo's name origin? Yes. Pretty much every call forward is what I'm going to name those little nuggets. Oh, um, we're all ridiculous. Um, She's now part of the ship. So anytime uh, that anything happens with the yep. Falcon now in any movies, you could say that that was the droid. It's true. I mean, we can't believe we didn't see it. All this time, but, um, but no, like I, I'm totally as far as this movie just barely holds together. Um, kind of like the shit. Yeah, uh, amongst all that, but honestly, I actually really liked Alden Ehrenreich um, as this role. I thought he did a pretty good job because I thought instead of doing a Han Solo imp- 
uh, a Harrison Ford impression. Get off my plane. Yeah, he was actually just what I would actually think of if I thought of a scrappy little Harrison Ford, which mm-hmm. is like a huge 30-year gulf between what we're seeing now and what we really... Now, I know Han Solo, quote-unquote, was young when we were introduced to him in the... But Harrison Ford has always been an old person. doesn't matter what age he was playing. Yeah. So here the casting worked for me because I just took him to be this uh, uh, quippy little uh, wise-ass. And um, I don't know. I just... Uh, th- there was something about this movie's background that had some weird tangibility that I've never really gotten from a Star Wars film, yeah. especially in the first 30 minutes or so when we mm. see life on these planets like it's kind of amazing how we finally actually get to see existence on another planet that isn't just being blown up yeah <laughs> you know like star wars loves to do the cut to oh look at all these people that we're not telling their stories and yet oh no the death star is blowing up their planet it was it was played as kind of a joke but i actually thought the empire recruitment like the being the army recruitment was actually yeah. pretty fantastic and Probably yep. about how you would think it would be. I agree, because, and maybe this is because I'm not into Star Wars, so I just haven't really thought about it, but this was the first time where I actually understood the Empire a little bit better as mm. to how they function yeah. when they're not on the goddamn ship that Scoo- all these movies love to center around. I just don't know what the mission is, sir, is like, we're here to bring order to the universe. It's like, we have to put down these rebels. Like, but we came here and occupied first. Oh, it's so topical. <laughs> I wonder what they're alluding to. Yeah, uh, sure. What are you talking about, Tucson? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Would um, you like to know more? Oh, good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I Better. don't know. I, there was enough here for me that kept me going from scene to scene. And here's the big thing. I hated Rogue One. Like, I just thought that was one of my least favorite movies I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my entire life. Because that felt like the entire movie was a callback. And here, I felt like the callbacks were relegated to moments instead of just having the entire premise be baked into that kind of feeling. I so see what you're saying because they were things between, that were that we did not see peripherally in yeah. other films, but rather were sort of like offhand, like mentions of. Yeah. Well, you had more to work with here. I mean, the, yeah. they literally were going off of one line of dialogue for the entire plot of right. that film, right? Uh, and also, you had no characters that people previously knew, yeah, uh, other than the very small Darth Vader scenes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And we get that here, too, in a different uh, form, so to speak, yeah. as far as... Uh, Although no Boba Fett and no um, Greedo. Also, which, which I was surprised about. Surprised and also glad, because if this movie had even more uh, ridiculous shoe-ins as to Han's lore, it would have been... I feel like that's what made me palette the ones we did get, even though some of them are awful, like the last name and whatnot. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't as overstuffed as I thought it was going to be. Um, so in general, I just kind of had fun with this cast. Uh, in between all the fan servicey moments, there were still scenes of Han and uh, playing poker, or you know, Chewie. Like uh, I guess the moment oh, the movie oh, Chewie playing the game that I mean that's come back a couple times, yeah. but on the Millennium Falcon yeah. where they're pushing, yeah, the, yeah. And um, I guess the moment this movie clicked for me, and I'll leave it on this note for my introductory comments, is that. I don't know why. Uh, for someone who doesn't have too much affection for these characters or this universe, um, the fact that we're introduced to this duo uh, 
in the first image is them being chained together and running away from uh, I mean it's after they're fighting and whatnot mm-hmm. but that that's like the first real moment where they're working together that they're literally chained together as they're trying to catch a ship like I don't know that was just one of those Ron Howard moments where I'm like you know this is just so competent in in little tiny moments that I, I can't really hate it. It and feels like a very route trope, though. Oh yeah, I'm when, not saying when you, when you see like these two characters, oh, fucking I'm, franchises. I, I'm not. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not sure. it all comes I'm, down to good and evil. So. Yeah, I guess. But okay. I, all I'm saying is because I have a very low bar for yeah. what I like out of this franchise. At least this one had fun, and I got a little better sense of the scope of this galaxy for the first time mm-hmm. uh, ever. Yeah. Which is not to say that I <laughs> loved it by any means or don't have a problem with it, because anything you guys say, I'll probably say it twice. So, yeah. uh, But I was surprised that this actually held my interest from start to finish. Yeah. So, I'm probably the biggest Star Wars fan here. I don't know about Brian. I don't know if he's like a major Star Wars super nerd. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe like two clicks behind you. Maybe, okay. So. Everybody okay. is yeah. cognizant of... Star Wars. Okay, but I'm I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, and I would say other than definitely Attack of the Clones and most of Phantom Menace, I, I like almost all the other films to various degrees, but enjoy them. Um, this was fine for me. This was fine. It was okay. Uh, it didn't do anything that really made me feel like, oh, this is a great film. This needs to be made. Like, this was just stuffed full of uh, okay comments on previous relationships, future relationships, whatever. Um, and, and and I thought, for the most part, just like you were saying, Nick, it kept my attention throughout. Uh, I thought this had two fantastic uh, scenes in it, which was the battle with the train uh, on the side of the mountain. That was fantastic. And the uh, the battle in the whatever you call it, the castle run whatever in the twelve mm. seconds when they go to the planet yeah. everything on the planet and then when they leave I mean I thought all that was pretty much just brilliant yeah uh, but that that was the problem is that the action was good uh, a lot of the scenes were good but I thought a lot of the not even necessarily the dialogue but a lot of the in between scenes just fell a little flat for me. Like the land, the the not the second one that's kind of like a denouement throwaway, but the original poker scene, which seemed like it was like built up to be this great thing, felt really lame to me uh, for whatever uh, uh, reason. It's not poker. It's okay. <laughs> we're calling it poker. Okay, let's just call it. I mean, every everything that happens surrounding that, and everything that happens surrounding the main storyline, I felt thought just fell flat to me a bit. I mean, that, that was the issue for me with Kira, is that, not that we don't find out enough about her character, but I feel like there's no relationship happening there that would make you feel like the ending of him watching her fly away in the... What were they, call, they were calling that like a yacht or something like that, right? I don't uh, remember. Yeah, so <laughs> at, at any rate, it's like him watching her go away. Like Yeah, that whole... The whole Kira thing is the worst part of the entire movie for me. Don't you get it? It's supposed to be like Casablanca with the lighting and everything like that. Yeah, they literally said that. They can try. Um, (laughs) Was it woke? uh, Performative woke? Performative wokeness. But in this case, it's more of like... Humphrey woke art. (laughs) That was a lot better than I was going to say, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Boom. You did a great job. Good move, bud. Thank you. 
Um, so yeah, I, I thought the acting, like you were saying, Nick was was okay here. I mean, Alden was fine in 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 his in his role. I mean, there's. I guess I just get a little defensive because I just saw so many internet trolls saying he doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. I doesn't so, have to. It's okay. Yeah. No, I know you, yeah. and I'm not saying you were saying right. that. Right, like, Michael man. Fassbender didn't sound like Steve Jobs, and he should have won the best <clears throat> actor award that year. So yeah. it is what it is. I agree. Um, I will say, and this is hitting on something that I was about to mention earlier, uh, this film leaves us at a very odd place for, for Star Wars for two reasons. One, uh, they killed off Han Solo, <laughs> and that was just fucking bold. So the Darth Maul reveal hmm. uh, towards the end of the film, A, pretty much says that they can bring back any character anytime they want. Uh, don't raise your hand. I mean... <laughs> Tucson. I know that in the no. animated thing that he's alive and all that. Yeah, but like this is actually pretty significant because this is the first time that one of the live action films has acknowledged and pretty much integrated something that happened in the animated like in, in the, the extended universe and acknowledged it and incorporated into something adjacent to a core live action film. This is true. However, I, I, but it's it's confusing for people who don't keep up on all that shit. But this is now in the live actions universe. Yes. yes. Which, again, means anyone else, for the most part, is fair game to be brought back to life at any time, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, revivals in this case, like the whole story of his revival is... is complicated and long it's re- and it's retroactive and stupid and it's been told uh-huh. many different iterations and did he have like spider legs kind of yeah he's or, got he's yeah. got spider legs yeah. and then he's got like the little like the little deadpool like robot legs and stuff Aww. like that it's like oh it's like they're tiny little legs oh i see those tiny little legs po- poking out of that that cloak i see you darth maul it's like whatever i don't care um and then yeah uh continue with your thoughts i'm sorry i was yeah. just gonna say that that a He's one of my favorite characters, and I thought that he was completely misused in The Phantom Menace. So I'm interested of him coming back and being in a, another movie and being the villain in mm-hmm. whatever. And I didn't know he could talk. <laughs> he has more dialogue in this film than he did in the whole Phantom Menace movie, which yeah. is weird. Uh, but him coming back is, is again, just, just lighting the possibility of, oh, we can bring back Harrison Ford and have Han Solo alive again, and we can bring back all these people, and why not? But... The, but what? The, the whole case of like his inclusion in that if if he's included in this and they're acknowledging that the events of the animated series or whatever are sort of canonical to allow for his appearance in this film between a certain like gap of time or whatever, they've already sort of like closed his loop, so to speak, mm-hmm. of his storyline. So we're not going to see a lot of we might see some really interesting battles, but it's his his uh, fate is already like predestined because of that other, and and if they didn't acknowledge that, if it, it changed it, then I'm like, well, what the fuck is canon anymore? I don't know what the fuck uh, this is. But yeah, I don't think I Disney really cares about that. They don't, and they don't. So, they obviously don't. Ask about the fucking Knights of Ren. Who the fuck are they? I don't know. No. Oh, that was just sidelined. Yeah, totally. Anyways, final thing I was gonna say. The bigger concern for me with that is that Disney. Uh, decided to go with a denouement unnecessary reveal about a character to completely overshadow its film. Uh, and I felt like that was such an odd decision by mm-hmm. them in, in a movie. Because, 
I mean, really, anyone who talks about this film that I've talked to, that's the first thing they mention is, did you see Darth Maul at the end? Nothing about Harrison Ford. I mean, you say what? No. Yeah. Nothing about, not Harrison Ford, but nothing about Han Solo, nothing that much about Lando, even. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all, for the most part, at the beginning about, oh, Darth Maul showed up at the end. Who wrote this film? Nothing. uh, Both of the Kazdans. Yeah. Which like Both. Like Lawrence, son, son and the son. Uh, what's the other one? L- Lawrence and Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Kasdan actually said like the reason why they included Darth Maul in this film was quote because he was cool and because he's his favorite character. And I'm just like that's interesting. Great. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what you're saying. Like they well, you could say that about the Fondi doesn't mean you should put him in this movie. Well, who are you to stop the Kasdans? I mean, you can't stop them. Maybe the Fonzie will be in the next. Solo film. Get your hand away from me. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay, that's all I've got. I, yeah. I thought this was all right. I, I didn't think it was that great, but... Uh, I kind of got that vibe from your whole like general disposition and, and comments about this film. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, eh, it's fine. All right. Toussaint, take it away. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, uh, I've, I've come across a lot of interesting... Uh, reactions to this film and i'm not talking about the ones that are euphoric and the ones that are sort of like abysmal about it but sort of like the the pleasantly surprised along the lines of like nick's uh impressions of that and i've sort of gotten that vibe from people who are just sort of exhausted with star wars like i had um like one of my friends kamani like he says like this is probably the most inconsequential star wars film he's ever seen and because of that he liked it and i've come across like uh sentiments of like people who just hate all the signifiers of star Wars because they just become so over overexposed. They hate the fucking force. They hate the Sith. They hate the fucking empire. They hate the rebellion. They hate the fucking lightsabers too. They especially hate the fucking lightsabers. And none of that shit is really in this film. If, if, if peripherally it's in that in in here, like the empire is still present, obviously the rebellion or I guess the makings of one faction of the rebellion exist here but they are not the primary like focuses of this it's mostly the arc of this one character moving from from like a a journey of self-discovery to eventually like becoming the the foundings of who they will eventually become like becoming like becoming a pilot becoming an outlaw being able to like go out and like chart your own path being able to be free from all this other shit um there are things that i definitely like about this film like the at least the the sort of initial um, introduction of uh, Beckett's character to Solo and seeing them, like, work on heists and stuff like that. I like that initial cast before they were pretty much weaned in order to, like, make room for Chewbacca and Solo and Beckett's presence. And obviously Beckett wasn't going to last past this fucking film. Um, um, he's getting a prequel comic. Yeah, I'm sure. That's great. That, that's that's great. All right. Um, I'm sure they are. Uh, that actually is probably true. No, it is. Too. Yeah, I'm sure, say, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's true. Um, but because when you watch this movie, the first question is, what's that guy's deal? I... Yeah, that's how what, did he get those clothes with the poles in there? That's that's how the EU for this entire franchise works. It's always like, oh, how do you do that? Where do you get can that? I ask from? A, a, Who gives a, a shit? Can I ask a, a timeout canonical question? Right. Did they not say something about uh, Beckett that he killed Aura Singh, or was he the one that somehow? And she's also part of 
I can't remember which, which. Sure, I don't. I mean, I'm not really all that conversant in the new lore, or even much in the old lore, really. Like, I'm I'm conversant in some aspects. I'm not like really big on like all of that stuff. But what I'm what I'm saying with this film is that there are initial things that I really enjoyed about it, um, and all the things that Nick mentioned, like how like it was interesting to see this this sort of peripheral stranger, more lived in, bespoke corner of the universe being explored. I like that. Yeah, I'm not I, saying it's a good version of it. I wish... But it is the first time it existed. Exactly. This is the first time. And I really like that. I just wish that it was better spent on a character that we did not already know. And I know that's not how, how Star Wars is going to work, at least initially in these 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 floundering these fond oh, years. Ever I don't think it ever work and like it, And that. it fucking pisses me off because I feel like that's something that could... This this could have worked if it hadn't been a fucking solo film. I'd like to see something else going on, dude. Well, I mean, I, I, I but 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 I can can I just really quickly just jump in sure. and say that I am very interested in that crew that is the villains at the beginning that ends up being like heroes. Yeah, that yeah. Warwick Davis was in and uh, young how many characters Ma- young Maya Rudolph. In Star uh, Wars? Yeah, what? How many? Uh, how many characters? At least one Ewok. Well, he played yeah. the Ewok. Yeah. Um, so, are we to believe that this is before he grew his fur? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, um, he played lots of characters in the Harry Potter universe. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of. Probably. Okay. I have to say that you know I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the Kessel Run. I enjoyed like the the visuals of that. It just, it feels like one of those things that I just did not need to see. That I felt, it, I felt it was better off just not having been depicted at all. And you can disagree with me on that because I feel like saying I made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs is on par with that of like Escape from New York's. Oh, you fl- you flew the Gulf Fire over Leningrad, right? I don't need to fucking see him fly the Gulf, the 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 fucking uh, Gulf Fire over the Leningrad. It just it was just an offhand comment that was meant to like allude to sort of like a greater legend or something like that. But and now I- you know what it looks like. Sure, that's great. Great. No, what else there? What, what, what else is there? What I else? mean, at least it wasn't the entire film. Yeah. The, all of Rogue One is based on, again, about a sentence of dialogue. I will so. say that... And at the, least that was the first time we ever got introduced to any kind of cosmic, celestial mm. space thing that doesn't just look like straight lines shooting... I don't know. It, it looked a little, a little more trippy than anything Star Wars has ever done. How and did I, the and Star Destroyer like, get in there? How did the Star Destroyer get in there? Yeah. Oh, when it like showed up. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't it was just there. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was it, just there. It just, it just showed up there. That, that's what the Empire does. It just shows up and <laughs> then shows... and then it fucks oh, up your I... shit and then it leaves. Okay. Um, the whole like the the cosmic Cthulhu monster and the like the storm clouds of Kessel and like how it was being sucked into the black hole, the gravity well, or whatever shit like that. I mean, that was a really cool visual. Um, it kind of reminded me of. I know you're gonna probably shake your head at this. It kind of reminded me of Phantom Menace. When uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Anakin and uh, Obi Wan are on Naboo and they're in the little ship that they're trying to like travel to, um, oh. like from the Gungan place, and they get chased by that giant fish oh, yeah. that ends up getting grabbed by a by a giant like underwater like There's dinosaur that a bigger fish. Yeah, it was that <laughs> like when I watched that in the theaters as a kid, that was absolutely fucking terrifying. Like the ocean is yeah. scary enough and it's now mostly you know, terrifying cuz Jar Jar you know, in that scene. They're not Indeed. real, right? Yeah, but it was fucking scary. <laughs> okay, no, I just wanted to make sure. The ocean is terrifying enough, but now you have like fucking Cthulhu monsters in the ocean. Um this one was like uh, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. Well, whatever. Fuck you. Um you don't exist. 
Yeah, they don't. I know. It was fuck you. God damn. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm not even split on this film. I didn't like this film. I thought it was I thought it was boring. I thought it was route. I thought it was was by the numbers. I thought it was. It, it was the safest version of this film possible, and I feel like it doesn't really make me excited to follow Han's fledgling story anymore. I feel like this is good. We already got the prequel shit out of the way. That's cool. It was the Ant-Man it of was, Star Wars. It's, it's the fucking <laughs> Ant-Man of Star Wars. And somehow, I kind of like Ant-Man, too. What's, some, what's wrong with me? I, sometimes I, I feel like it's, it's even worse. Did you say Ant-Man? Yeah, he yeah. loves Ant-Man. I'm I'm really saying that because of the Edgar Wright replacement. Oh, but yeah, this is, is yeah, this is fucking weird in that it sort of like substantively does compare to that of Ant Man and Ant Man's own place within its own respective franchise. But also there's the weird, uncanny parallels of like the behind the scenes like production and how this shit went down. And the ghost of improvisation creeps around the set. We can't have that. <laughs> Not with this much money on the line. Um, I just really quickly want to say yeah. that if they're going to make another one, right? Another solo movie. Yeah. I mean, it feels like they have we'll to. We'll see. I mean, I mean, so I know it's not like they're, it's they have that to? much money that it, they're losing. Well, I mean, the, uh, right. the, the figure I've been seeing is that they spent $400 million total on this film. Does that include marketing? Yes. And it's on track to Does that include only... a script? <laughs> it's on track to only make worldwide between four hundred fifty and five hundred million dollars. Okay, which which that. is is not I that's mean, not Star Wars money. Rogue One made a billion dollars worldwide, and that was not that great of a movie. Yeah, well, you know what's cool? A trillion. Um, really quick though, I really if there is another one, I hope the last scene of that movie shows. A slightly made up uh, Alden Ehrenreich, you know, maybe maybe we maybe CGI technology to make him look a little bit more like Harrison Ford, a la Looper, uh, as he walks into a very familiar bar and sits down next to Greedo, and then the lights just dim, and it's like, ah, oh, thank God we know everything that happened from the moment he left his planet to the moment we catch up. With That's him. what happened in fucking like Rogue One. I know, and I and I fucking hate that. It's the cocking gun uh, strategy of of storytelling, just filling every single crack and every crevice that could have been left up to the imagination that didn't need you don't to be want explicated. Your no, I don't. I don't want them fucking filled because they don't okay. need to be filled. Um, we definitely don't need any more CGI oh Graham off Tarkin. We can't. We can't let any imagination or any type of like like speculation leak through. Hell you no. Want some more cushion for the pushing. Can't have any of that. Nope. You know, I I actually see it more as trying to bleed this horse dry. As opposed to what you're saying, Tucson, where they're trying to fill every gap. I think they're trying to get every fucking nickel out of the St- Skywalker story I don't, as possible. I don't think it's even bleeding horses or beating horses. I feel like it's just... What the fuck do you guys have against horses? <laughs> it's, it's not even beating a dead horse. It is being a dead horse to the very atoms that make horses horses. So, Brian, what were your feelings on this film? So I, uh, I'm probably uh, right with you, Alex, and Toussaint, uh, but I'm probably a little bit more charitable towards Rogue One than you guys. And I like I, Rogue I, One. Uh, so, they, well, yeah, and, and yeah. so I just and I would say it. if I were to come up with a like a, a metaphor, it'd be like you're hungry and you go to a buffet and you 
overeat, right? Like you, you take too much from every. Like, I'm bucket. so hungry, I could eat a horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna take a little bit of this. So you're like, oh, pancakes seem like it's a good idea, and then you get this, and you go to each bucket, you know, in in the buffet. To me, that feels like what this movie was, right? So you have like... Rogue is, One yeah, or, or Solo? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Solo. So Solo is like, all right, well, obviously you have the, the frame of a uh, origin story, but is it a heist movie? Uh, is it a Western? How much fan service are we really going to put into this, right? So you start stuffing more and more in this. All of a sudden, you have this pile of shit on your plate. I mean, it doesn't... It, it's, it's, it, it's, it sates you, yeah. but it's not something that actually has flavor. By the time you flavor. sit down, you realize you don't actually want this food. Exactly. <laughs> and so where at least... you got buffalo wings next to a fucking corn biscuit. Like, that's how I felt when I sat down in the theater. I didn't want to watch this movie. <laughs> right. So I, I think, so I think that's where they have all of this stuff going on here. And I think it, to the extent that... And, and actually, the very next day, um, my son put on uh, Rogue One. It was on Netflix, and so I had it fresh in my mind um, to just you know contrast the, you know the two movies. Rogue One picked a lane; they stuck with it. Um, and with you know with all the faults that we've we've been talked about here, um, I thought it was aesthetically more consistent, um, and uh, it it was a heist movie, and it's it was it was there. So if it, we're going apples to apples to talk about non canonical spin-offs of Star yeah. Wars. I I think this one is is inferior to Rogue One to that extent. Yeah, is because I just think there's too much uh, stuff going on uh with that. So the I guess the other part, you know, this is one of the kind of like the, one of the other, you know, open-ended, you know, questions that could go along with this is then so what what will happen, right? So we have one more Luke Skywalker Ray movie that's yeah. coming out. Have they decided where the next three will go after that? You said Ryan Johnson's going to get the he gets the helm a whole of that? new trilogy, so he gets the whole but trilogy. They're not. He's not going to direct it all. He's just going to produce it. So we don't know oh, if that's. Not? Yeah, he's not going to be like oh. directing all of it. I think that he's going to be. Maybe he'll direct he, the first he, one. He, yeah, he seemed really pa- passionate about like this is what he's going to be doing. He's for going the next. like he's going to be working on this. I, I think he'll probably be having a a, a lead. Um, producing role, okay. obviously he'll have a lead writing role and maybe even directing it for the first one. But then I think then he'll be sort of elevated, now, sort of an adjacent position to J.J. Abrams. Nick was saying, though, is that the next episode trilogy or is it just a trilogy? No, no, he's getting a... The, obviously, no details are being reported, but this is a spinoff, so to speak. And not a spinoff from... We don't a, know if it's like Old Republic or... No, 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 post. this we is like... No, as far as I can tell, he is basically vaguely talking about it like Disney is going to allow him to make three Star Wars movies of whatever he wants. Oh, like so they don't they even don't, have to be Right. Like there's a, there's yeah. a 1% chance, and I say 1% because I don't trust Disney, not because right. I don't trust Ryan Johnson. There's a 1% chance that it could be just be a whole new you know universe, or not universe, but a whole new part of the galaxy and new characters. Or on the other hand, it could be a very loose tie-in to like something that we've heard about once but never mm. again. My, but it is in no way going to be a continuation of the main story my, that's happened. My guess is it was going to at least start by somewhat following the kids from the planet from The Last Jedi, but maybe not. Uh, here's, maybe. A, here's a thought, too. Um, so the, if, we, if I were to, again bring in the Marvel oh, element to this. Yes. The Marvelization of Star Wars. Oh, they it's, did, it's all on. They did not include a post credit scene. I would argue that the Darth Maul is the equivalent of a post credit scene, which is now 
you're on the hook for it, right? So now, even though as we could whinge about the box office numbers, was it worth it or not? Now we have to have the water cooler discussion whenever he shows up in the next movie. They've 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 laid the groundwork for whatever capacity that will be. Now we have to know because they're like if 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 we had any, it's kind of like hedging their bet, right? If you weren't too crazy about this movie, I know that you're gonna tap that vein and you're gonna want to know what happens with the Darth Maul because, like you said, he's kind of like everyone's kind of favorite mysterious one. And was that probably more of an extent? Like, and that's because Ray they, Park couldn't actually act, so and, that's why he was. Yeah. But no, yeah, which goes back. I, to you know the, what? That's not really that fair because. The role was meant for Benicio del Toro, but he bailed when they took away all of his lines. So uh, it's such a really for yeah, Darth interesting. Maul. Yeah. yeah, but now he gets to be the DJ. Yeah, whatever that. He was a great character. Actually, I agree. He gets um, to be. I thought he died. Oh, but he'll be back. No, he, he didn't fucking die. escaped with all the yeah. money. He, he it literally leads it to where we're we're bound to see him again. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say though? Really quickly though, do you think uh, Darth Maul like? Do you think he has to put up, uh, put on all that face paint before he makes that video conference with Paul Bettany, or does he just like wear that twenty four seven? I heard too that he didn't. Ray Park, who performed, who didn't do the voice, which is odd again. Uh, but apparently, he well, didn't Star put, Wars has a history of that. Yeah, yeah, Darth Vader. He he didn't put the face paint on. That was all motion capture. Of course it was. What is with Marvel and Star Wars and all these big franchises doing um, holographic teases of big bads? Like, you know, the movie goes along and then all of a sudden, let's drop in on another part of this whole galaxy to see what your favorite character is doing. I mean, I mean that, like that Thanos. Really, really started in the Empire Strikes Back, though, if you want to go all the way back with the Does Emperor. He's, yeah, he appears oh, for the first yeah, time. Oh, yeah, like in the blue well, it's hologram? In, or? It's a hologram, but it's just his head. It's just a big head. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really know. weird. Okay. But yeah, I, I, but it is the current so, trend going oh, on absolutely. right now. Yeah. Whether it's Thanos in one of those movies, mm-hmm. or even in this original trilogy, original, even the new trilogy, um, in the first movie where you only Snoke, really get to see yeah. Snoke yeah. that way until you get to see Snoke in the next movie. And then he dies. Like, why do people think that or did he? holograms are the best way to introduce villains? I just, what is with that? I. I, I genuinely want to know. Because they're not there, but their pre- pre- their presence is always looming. I can't looming. wait till we get to actually they're all, meet them. They're already they're always there, just in the background. That's how it always but, is. But the difference is, is that go back to the original trilogy. Like you had interest of who the emperor is at the time. You didn't have all the knowledge of Emperor Palpatine and all that shit. Mm-hmm. It, and you just it, didn't know whether it, there'd even be another movie. Right. Whereas, like here, the moment something like that happens. The first thing you think of is, okay, when are we going to see them again? Not right. what is happening in this moment and what does it mean for these characters? They're selling you on the 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 promise of – or the potential of yeah. revelations or events later on than in the present moment, which is – it's constantly just like, like they're showing you, you on the line. They're like, showing you the .stl file, but in the next movie, they'll get that 3D printer to actually show you that shit in real – Life. So yeah. so here's a question. You might see part of it printed in the next one. Oh. And this actually goes a little bit off of what Nick is saying, but why the fuck does he ignite his lightsaber at the end of that? Because you gotta know it's my lightsaber. I know. What? That you literally, know. when that happened, I, I was like, 
Thank you for the confirmation. I was worried you were a fake Darth Maul. Like what? I guess he was gonna go off screen and kill people. That was, because I totally because it was a that. Star Wars film. You no, need but to have yeah, that was totally like a, a lightsaber. At okay, least once, right. We started stroking the fans, but now let's make them come, guys. Here we go. Oh, wow. Three, two, one. Yeah, but you didn't get the payoff like with Darth Vader in the last film. This was just him staying there at a hologram like a kid holding an ice cream cone with his lightsaber on. It was very He's not really practicing proper like lightsaber (laughs) safety. Like he's gonna Nobody is in this movie. He's gonna cut off. I mean Snoke, he just leaves that one just hanging right by his hip. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. He's not gonna Yeah, yeah, it's almost as if Damn. Did you guys find the He went up in Snoke. Did you guys? Maybe this is just a small quibble of sorts, but like, did you find Beckett's fluidity of his so-called ideology of not trusting anyone kind of imploding pretty quickly at the end? I mean, just yeah, like, I mean, I mean, that whole thing, don't trust hand, anyone, kid, is like, well, I just met you, and we're gonna do this heist together. Like that whole thing was just. Uh-uh. So on the one hand, for me at least, that was like Tucson said earlier, by the book, by the numbers, because. We're introduced to Grifter, so of course there's going to be betrayal at every corner type thing. On the other hand, to have the character literally think he's some kind of jigsaw-like archetype when he goes, weren't you listening? I said don't trust anyone. Hello, I said Zep. it to your face. Like, uh, like that was just really awkward uh, writing. Because like, I didn't mind the double-crossing because I expected that. But the way he just like, oh man, you're an idiot like it was just really awkward just wasn't a fan of that yeah i feel like it's almost like um it's almost like paul walker at the fast and the furious i had you i had you You never had me you never (laughs) had your car how much you want to bet if there is another solo movie that it's going to have it's going to have Solo and Chewbacca, and they're going to be in debt to Jabba the Hutt. And you're like, oh, man, you got to do this job well, I was for waiting me. for Jabba to show up. I hope not I even show up like yeah. as a character, but like I thought somebody was going to say the name. I, I thought that they were actually going to have Jabba be like the reveal instead of Darth Maul. <laughs> That would have been really awkward. I think that would have been preferable, right? I mean, yeah. wouldn't you have rather have had like some – I mean, they – Jabba's yeah. the big bad. And then he just ignites his lightsaber. Yeah, you didn't know he was. You didn't know he was a Sith Lord. You know, like, damn, that makes the things a lot more confusing now. As all the nerds are like, "Oh, we can get Amelia Clark in that outfit now." Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is. but yeah. It, unfortunately, lots that's of gross. teenage wet dreams back then. What I said, that's gross. Yeah, it is. Sure, yeah. it's very gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Anyway, so what? What did you guys think of the score in this movie? Did you notice it? Did you care for it? Did you? I... Okay. Well, I, I just take that death rattle as being a, a, a enjoyed... resounding. Actually, I liked it. I I noticed it. You noticed it. I mean, cool. I haven't listened to it since. Right. I enjoyed the parts that were callbacks to previous scores. Of course, you did. Um, That's the point of them. Specifically, like you hear the. Uh, the Empire music when mm-hmm. they see the Empire recruitment place. Yeah. Uh, you have the uh, theme that plays during the asteroid chase in Empire Strikes Back when they're doing the Kessel Run, which I thought was awesome. And then you have the Duel of the Fates, which is a great forgotten Star Wars song from the original when Darth Maul shows up. And I love the music tie-ins. Like I think they're used well. They're not overpowering or anything. The original... Uh, 
score though i thought was had some odd points where it had like these vocal like yeah. hymn things going on and it yeah. really was confusing to me I, I, what was weird about the hymn thing was i thought it was hit and miss like there were times when i actually thought like oh this weirdly works and then there were times where i'm like why are we doing this again? Like, I, I could not make up my mind on it. I will say, though, it's the first Star Wars score that I've actually really liked since um, The, uh, the, the Force Jedi. Awakens. Okay. Because as much as I actually, like, I don't, I like The Last Jedi score, but there were so many other things in that movie that were good that kind of overshadowed the score, whereas the score in The Force Awakens was probably my favorite thing about The Force Awakens. Um, in the way it repurposed some stuff, but mostly came up with some great new uh, scores. Like Ray's theme is one of the best uh, pieces of oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Star Wars music, I think. Uh, but here, while I can't say I can remember individualized moments of it, I remember watching it that that was actually one of my f- more favorite parts. Which, if I can now really quickly flip that coin and say one Let's of my do. least favorite parts of this movie was the cinematography. Which I kind of was surprised because it was Bradford Young who has shot some really oh. amazing movies. Like, how did he end up in this? You know, I, you can only shoot what was, you give him. Technically, he was asked by uh, Lord and Miller, oh. and he was like, "I just remember when the article came out when they were so attached, and he was so excited about it, and he was like, oh, 'Oh, we've got this great idea.' Like, so I mean, I really think that um, I'm not going to say it's all." falls on his shoulder or anything like that. Um, but the cinematography here was just, apart from a few standout scenes, like I do think the way the uh, train heist was shot was quite uh, well done and fluid. That, but but the, is, is that necessarily how it's shot? I thought the, yeah, editing, I was say, I thought the editing was really good. I was going to say, scene. that's pretty much what yeah. saves it as far as... Uh, but yeah, no, I was surprised that there was really... I mean, um, if we're going to talk about how it's shot, though... Uh, there's this the first like ten minutes of this movie is so dark for no real reason. Like I don't mind dark scenes because we're filming from the underbelly. Yes, but like they literally are not lighting the characters' faces, and there is no artistic or thematic or uh, pragmatic purpose for this ridiculous absence of light. Uh, because in their our loyalties are shrouded in vagueness. You don't know who they are or who yeah. they'll become. Hey, which microphone is two cents? Yeah, seriously. Ah, ah. Did you buy enough of the grittiness of his uh, criminality? Uh, in was there enough in that first part to to kind of sell you that he really has the type of uh, again the type I'll say of this, and maybe I differ moral from gymnastics you know, that we would expect out of a type of character like that. I, I maybe I'm approaching this the wrong way, but. I thought the reason why I liked Alden Ehrenreich, and even in the beginning, which a lot of, a lot of people who even liked him said that they didn't like him until about 30 minutes in, like after he got off the planet. But I liked him from the start, and the, one of the reasons is that because I like that even from the beginning, Han Solo is not that smart of a con man. He just holds on to an end of a rope and hope he gets pulled to safety. He hasn't he hasn't really honed his luck yet, of yeah. which that was actually on display in like the in, in a new hope a where point. he w- he would chase down a fucking stormtrooper and then yeah. run the other way because he just I mean it's become a meme yeah. in this past week since the movie came out where people are resharing the gif of him in a new hope uh, doing the comms as he's dressed as a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. everything's all right. Yep, yeah, we're How I mean, are you? Yeah, so situation normal. Yes, and I thought that was the same Han we got here. I mean, it's slightly even more of a kid and even more uh, cocksure and, and kind of uh, ill-informed. But I 
think maybe that's one of the reasons why I liked his performance, because if he seemed nervous as an actor or out of his depth, because he should have been, especially in this first half of the movie, because he is not yet Han Solo, and he's not Han Solo until that wonderful man behind the counter finally gives him his name. That's dumb as fuck. Did, oh, you, like, did you like the part was, where you shot that was first? Amazing. I actually kind of thought that was all right. Yeah. Let me just say, though, really I mean, quick. At least, the, least it wasn't, like, over the top. No, you thought you thought it was. I felt like it was. Oh a, no, no, no! no. A, I'm oh. talking about the Han Solo yeah. name thing. Yes, really quickly, that yeah. was. Um, that was amazing because when that scene started, and I'm, I told Alex this, I'm really bad about guessing things. Like when I watch a movie, I'm five steps behind everything because I'm just way too distracted by whatever the hell I'm thinking about. Um, this was one of the few times in anything where the moment that conversation started, I had a weird. Moment. Premonition? Yeah, premonition, where I went through the entire scene huh. before the scene was even... What's the schlockiest thing that could happen right and now? And I was like, oh my god, are they going to do it? Yeah. And he's like, I'm alone. I'm like, ah, they're going to do it? And then he's like, solo. I was like, ah, they did it! That's not a good thing. I mean, I had fun in that moment. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. Speaking of moments that Nick had fun in, something that he enjoyed that I was just... Sitting out. and having a seizure in my chair about is that? when Han is speaking to Chewbacca in the Wookiee language. Oh yes, <laughs> it was pretty good. Was it? Yep, I, I actually enjoyed that. Well, I mean, the whole that whole scene is, <laughs> I mean, just the way in which they bundle Chewie as this incredible apex predator that's on a chain, and then from a moment that he's consuming the flesh off of bones of other humanoid, humanoid creatures. To then being capable of a rational dialogue and say well, we should kind of fake this and get out, you're like, eh. yeah, no, I mean, but, you know, now, no you, now you maybe think differently about, you know, uh, now to reconsider, you know, Harrison Ford in the original three, you know, that scene with at uh, the comms mm-hmm. and you know the scruffy, you know, who you calling scruffy, you yeah. know, that stuff like. You know, you wonder if that's probably where Miller and what was the other guy's name? Lord, uh, Lord, Lord, yeah. Lord Miller. Like they're like, let's embrace that that he actually and, like does and, know or, or is able. Yeah, to, so it's too. He was su- able, I thought he was just intuiting like yeah. what he was saying. It was like, no, he actually like like how how when a droid is speaking to you, I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm just like, like you fucking speak beep boop 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 beep beep, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm glad that this movie taught us uh, one of. Star Wars universe's virtues of like not being a uh, a monoglot, being a polyglot, because uh, yeah, thing. there's a lot of people. The there's, there's a lot of people out there in that the universe, a... and uh, you never know where uh, where a little bit of uh, of language from a community college in in a universe far far away might might lend you. Never know. Speaking of relationships with non-humans. Let's talk a bit about the droid in this film. Let's okay, not. three. <sighs> no, no, we're going to talk about it. Before we even talk about the droid, I mean, we're talking about the droid. Mm-hmm. But when I first heard that Phoebe Walter-Bridge was casting of this movie, I was like, that was the thing I was most excited for because she is an incredibly talented voice uh, in Britain right now. I'm sure. Um, she wrote and, not directed, but basically created a show called Fleabag, which lasted for six episodes. And it's one of the best six episode runs of anything because. But that's mm, common in, in Britain, right? Yeah. Let, let, but let's saying, condition that, yeah. Yeah, it, that's common in Britain, but also it doesn't mean that it's always successful. Right. Um, and there it was. And she even now has a new show that everybody's talking about called Killing Eve. Hmm. Um, so I was like, 
I was just kind of blown away that she was casted because I thought that was so fucking random, especially stateside where most people don't know her for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, so, of course, I actually had no idea what or who she was playing, so it wasn't until I sat down to watch this movie when she became, uh, or it became known to me once I saw it. I'm like, oh, she's a droid voice, which, of course, because she has a very funny uh, comedic timing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, because I like her already, probably like the character more than I should have. Uh, it's in no way my favorite part of the movie or anything like that, but I actually thought the through line there was actually kind of funny because... Every running joke, I thought, went right up to the line of going past too many times. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, it never overstayed its welcome. Uh, but I could understand why anybody would dislike it. But I thought she was good. Her conversation with Kira was just fucking hilarious. Yes. I and mean, that that was pretty that much... Was great. That was what I was hoping from casting Phoebe Walter, you know, yeah. Bridge, that there would be at least something like that, where just her impeccable comedic timing is just so wonderfully on display. But... I guess for me, the uh, one of the more fun, just visual scenes in this film was the what you would imagine a robot revolution would look like of just things pounding, yeah. legs kicking, things walking, knocking over garbage cans, like yeah. total chaos, yeah. no plan, it's, no it's, anything. It's like we're watching Chopping Mall all over again. <laughs> Pretty close, actually. <laughs> I'd rather watch that. Uh, um, which I just enjoyed the visual of that, but I feel like that that whole thing was kind of sandwiched into this film in a weird way. It was. Um, on the one hand, like I'm with you, but on the one hand, it was kind of good because it ele- it uh, introduced an element of chaos to their plan. Like I like that one of their biggest undoings during their uh, infiltration is the robot's free thinking, uh, you know, uh, master plan to not even master plan but impulsive uh rebellion uh whatnot because otherwise it, it would have just went off without a hitch so to speak yeah um so i guess i like the idea that the humans were more in control than the robot because she's so uh neurotic about her own uh existence but yeah. i also do think it was too elongated uh it was just such a weird thing to have and i mean i guess it leads to her being shot and that moment with her and Lando yeah, and all she that. she had to have her moment, I yeah. think. Yeah. But it was just so odd that that happened like that. I, it, I agree. It felt very tonally out of place with Star Wars in general. And and to to uh, steal a moment from, uh, or steal a line from, uh, why am I, I'm so sorry. Just go. No, I was just going to say. Uh, <laughs> just go, uh, Alex. Just it. say it. Brick and uh, Brick, Ron uh, Burgundy. Anchorman. Anchorman. There you go. Uh, that really got out of hand fast. Like, yeah. When, like, she triggers the revolution and then it, like, turns into a full-on blown, just fucked up shit, sparks flying, people shooting. Where did you get a revolution. Where'd you get that grenade? I found it. Yeah. That, that's what happened in this. And then, oh, uh, just to tie up all the loose ends, there's all the Wookiees that are from earlier that they just happened to be here. Yeah. That's cute. But it does, this is just one thing that kind of always gets me about these movies is that the the and I'm not a technology guy, but like we're saying that all of these robots are like one inhibitor chip away from complete sentience, 
And in the same movie, like this technology exists where he can hotwire a speeder. Like, like, like this, it shouldn't be that easy. Where, or like where the, he can hotwire security... a speeder, and a child can create a pod racer. Right, exactly. Or like all the other. Um, uh, what was the other thing that just the the lack of just basic security? I mean, like, like the you know <laughs> you think about like what it would take to. Um, steal a Kia, you know, or you know, some other like just any type yeah. of car, you know, and just and, I mean, and it's just you, it's it's to, easy to bridge. To you know, be fair, Brian, this did happen in a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. So maybe they maybe they didn't have these best practices as advanced as they were back in back in whatever the fuck that that happened. They just didn't think to actually like have also. It's just I. It's it's yeah. Also, um, it might just be lazy. I'm totally just bullshitting. Yeah, it's just lazy writing and a lazy universe (laughs) for that matter. So, just like when DJ and Finn and DJ, what's her name? Whatever, get into the dreadnought. Finn's love interest, the last Jedi, and but when they actually break in, they just you know put a key in somewhere that makes the security system drop (sighs) out for a second. He's the master code breaker, man. Sure. Okay. He's the master of keys. Well, that's I can, master. I, I, just to go back to your point about lazy writing, I don't like when parts of our universe nicely graft into the world of or the universe of Star Wars. So I think we've talked about this before, which is uh, was the scene where uh, with Obi Wan goes into the diner and he's talking to the big guy who oh, is yeah. like like I mean that I I don't like when they they draw upon the the visual tropes of our reality. To go on, like it, it should just be completely you know, imagined as original. I just that stuff always just drives me crazy. So the the casino scene from uh, the Last Jedi, you know, with that whole scene. I, said, eh, I mean, I don't know. That just that just that grinds me. This entire yeah. universe is just um, circling back and eating itself in a lot of ways when it comes to. I'm, I mean, I'm being serious mm-hmm. when we're talking about when we're My talking favorite about favorite metaphor, right the Ouroboros. Yeah, continue. we're just like yes. circling back and eating itself when it comes to either the depiction of technology that has already existed in prior films or in technology that is either analogous or exactly to that of our own lived universe. Like these, I, I, I feel really weird saying this, but it's like, you know, Star Wars, its entire history is based off of the, the, the sort of, recontextualization of like science fiction serial tropes and mm-hmm. samurai films and there's shit like that and there's and there's a lot of mileage you can get out of that there's been a lot of really good mileage you can get out of those and and, and building off of that i think you eventually it's going to hit a brick wall how much do you think like just i mean is that we shouldn't watch star wars movies after a particular age we're just too critical we I have agree. too much bad i'm like i mean it just when it comes down to stop. it <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, wait, because otherwise, like, we, we, I mean, the things that I think about, like, I'm watching this movie, and like, the, it's not that I, it's ruined for me and that, but like, I mean, just dumb thoughts go through my head, like, well, this doesn't, uh, this isn't, uh, this isn't in accordance to Moore's law, you know? Like, I mean, this could, that's what your thoughts sound I, like. I, I, I don't, yeah, don't want to be, I don't want to hew into the the sort of pendant Neil deGrasse Tyson school of thought. I don't want to deal with him and his bullshit. Well, he would and, fuck this movie up. Yeah, he would. He totally would fuck fuck this movie up. And I'm, whatever. But this this franchise has been around since 1977. How many years is that? That's uh, that'll be uh, 41 years. 41 years. Okay, 41 years. Almost half half a fucking century. Uh, and, and, and the last seven films have only been around the last 
20s? Yeah, but this has been an ongoing franchise that has existed outside of just the space of... No. No, it has been. It was a trilogy. It was a trilogy that had a break... And then all of a sudden, I mean, are you no, talking about I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about everything, yeah, like everything that exists within that, yeah, all the other shit, the extended universe. Like, there's only Star Wars is, I, I, I would argue, has always been at its best when it was away from that central trilogy, when I was able to just like take those ideas and riff off them, and so that you didn't have to hew within the the mold of. Of of those those science fiction tropes of those science fiction serial tropes of samurai films and other shit like that the whole hero's journey and stuff like that you could you could go off and do some other other stuff like that those stories exist the ones that we want to see on screen they exist mm-hmm. in other formats in other mediums I'm saying that because Disney has already moved on with it they're taking on their own curatorship with it they're really just going to continue doing the same things that have always see, happened really... and picking and choosing what things might be compatible within the model of what they're already doing versus actually doing something new. See, I really think that they're trying really hard with the trilogy they're currently in to do a little bit of what you're saying. I mean, there's always going to be some connection to the Skywalker story, but I feel like is, I mean, everybody bitched about the force awakens saying it was too similar. And then everybody bitched about, complained about, uh, the Last Jedi saying yeah. it was too different. They right. killed off their characters and whatever. But Star Wars just a bunch of fucking Goldilocks. I I I, I look back on on how I felt about the Last Jedi, and I kind of kind of stand by it because you know I had my theories about what was going to happen between Rey and Kylo Ren and stuff like that because it seemed plausible with what I had scene in in Force Awakens of sort of what the conversation was around Rey as a character and the relation to her as a foil to Kylo Ren like it seemed to make sense like where it was going to lead and the fact that it sort of upturned the table on that like at first I was disappointed but I was like well, wait a minute it's just like any franchise that's going to be around for 41 years needs to do something different or else it's going to die or else it's going to stagnate. And people either want Star Wars to be just one static thing. I'm sorry, but you cannot continue to have these films and have them doing the same damn thing and then complain that it's the same damn thing. You cannot do that. It's like, but I want it to be new, but I want to feel like I did back then. Which is oh, why I'll make it even worse. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. is that uh, – and especially everything that you're saying, Toussaint, but uh, boil on top of that, the fact that now we're going to be anchoring these narratives in prequels where we already know that there's no <laughs> and end I game I fucking that. hate that. Right, so like, we know that there's no Han's going to live. We know – like, and these yeah. characters that they're underdeveloped, there's no sizzle to film. This. I wish it was different characters because then I wouldn't know what they were. I was like, oh, what happened to that droid that was friends with Lando Carissimo? Oh, I bet she's going to get her shit ventilated. And look what happened. Here's here's the, another thing, though, that, that I find not – I mean, they didn't really do this with the, the prequels that I'm talking about, Phantom Menace and all those. But this is interesting because this is starting to take on a, a – Really, I don't want to say poor decision, but it's it, it it it's for me very odd because the idea of of changing events that have already happened through context mm-hmm. um, seems to be available, and Disney seems to be all over it. Like 
the idea of making L3 part of the ship and having that be discussions or having Darth Maul be alive, even though you previously thought he was dead and now he can influence future events that have happened in the Star Wars universe. And it's like, can't we just leave these movies alone and like, like enjoy them? No, uh, that's not, that's not conducive to content, but this is kind of a broader thing, right? So, I mean, so as much as I love the TV show, I mean, I'm only doing it cause it's tapping, let's say the same vein that I need, uh, uh better call Saul. Right. So, I mean, like that's the same concept, right? Like I already know how this thing's going to end. I just need to see how he turns, right? So there's there's that. So there's that's the thing that's holding but on to this. At least they're playing right? with that there. Yes. Whereas like solo, they don't like introduce they don't introduce a character who's in a much different place in his life. Absolutely. He's just much younger. Right. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Um, so, so that's kind of so I see what you're saying. Um but that's where I think something like this just kind of deflates uh at arrival. And you think about and I, I remember like when my students came in like um like the weekend after Avengers came out, right? And like they were they it would like be the equivalent of like how you know I think maybe a few years ago where people are coming in the next day after the famous uh, was the Game of Thrones episode the reigns of Castamir yeah that yeah, yeah. right would be like what just happened like they they just Did completely people really think that yeah I, I, what do you mean what. Oh, after Avengers, were people really? Because I mean, we, I'm just speaking to my students because yeah. people are dumb. Yeah, I saw but a lot not, of. They're not going after the source material of actually knowing yeah. the Affinity War. No, there arc was a lot. I saw stuff. so many Twitter reactions, with, like, and they were still crying. Right? Okay. Like, oh. and I think it was legit. I think it was legit where they're yeah. where they're coming from with that. So I mean, that was a, an, that was coming from a, I think a well of authentic right. reaction where it's hmm. like we're here. There's no. We know how it's going to end. We saw him die. Yeah. So everything, like you said, he's just an older version of himself. But whereas... did he really die? <laughs> yeah. Did he? No. You sure? He uh, fell down a tube. Darth Maul oh, fell down a tube. What if it was like a slide there. tube? Uh, the Emperor fell down a tube. You know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah. Uh, what Boba, Fett, Boba Fett Ooh. fell into a fucking Sarlacc pit, and now he's going to get a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, prequel. I don't fucking uh, care. Yeah, I can't see how he gets that prequel, helmet. Prequel or sequel or 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 yeah. interquel. I don't. He just takes his father, Jango Fett's. Yeah, so, yeah. They obviously great. couldn't make Captain Phasma uh, into like the contemporary movie. Boba oh, wait, Fett. So now they got to circle back that. and make Boba right. Fett because Jango Fett's fuck dead. Jango Fett's actually dead. Yeah, they he got actually, his head cut off. They actually literally cut his fucking head off. His head is his head is fucking <laughs> off his body. His son, his son held his his behead. Wouldn't it be great if the <laughs> if at the beginning of the Boba Fett movie we get like a little, little flashback to Jango Fett as a child and he's running around, he's frolicking, he's having a great time, and he comes across this just super intimidating stack of wooden planks, and he pushes it over, and his mom goes Jango, <laughs> <laughs> and a legend is born. Wow, that's. That's how he got his name. I feel like you should be watch- you should be writing these films because I would actually. Watch I would be them. fired by Disney because I got jokes. Yeah, <laughs> too much improvisation. Too much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Too, too much too, improvisation. Too much money on the line. Um, oh, that was an improv. I wrote that three years ago. That's great. Awesome. So, what do we think about uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian? Loved it. I'm sorry, I did though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. I, I thought All it right. was. I'm not saying like. I couldn't see anybody else doing it but him, and I thought that he did a serviceable job, and I think that it's a lot to put somebody in the role to basically to basically put on their shoulders the depiction of a character who's iconic in 
one regard, for, like who's iconic in one regard for their relationship with with Han Solo and like the whole history behind them, respected to those two characters, but also for the fact that he's probably before this new trilogy, he is probably the singular most prominent only black on-screen character in Star Wars. So to enter into that role, to enter into those shoes, yeah. like it means a lot to people who are. Who happen to be, who happen to be like black sci-fi nerds who are really into Star Star Wars? I maybe qualify for maybe like two of those qualifiers. <laughs> so it's like oh, I can see like which he, ones? Uh, black and sci-fi nerd. I, guess, yeah. I did not have the, the first gunslinger. One. Enough? No. Yeah, um, I, I really um, I really thought the first probably like I don't know half of the scene uh, in the first scene that he's in. Uh, was really weird because I thought he was just trying to do a Billy D. Williams impression, but I feel like that went away as, okay. as the film progressed. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean he he had the look. He had I mean, the is there such a thing as a Billy D. Williams impression? He was in the movie for five goddamn minutes. Who? Billy D. Williams. What? Wasn't he? I mean, he's an integral yeah. part of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, What's he was Harvey about? Dent. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. What? what are you talking about? You just he was Harvey Dent. Yeah. He was Harvey Dent. Oh, he was in yeah. the animated was, series. No, no, no. In, in, the first, in the first Batman, that was that was legit five minutes. And then I he was replaced by a much whiter Tommy okay. Lee Jones. Because um, Tim Burton didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay, he's in it for what fifteen minutes. I'm just saying he's not like again. A, he's a major character in Return of the Jedi. That's like saying that. You're a smart person in a room full of people who got yeah, my, mentally challenged scholarships. Like, I. I'm just saying, like, that's not really... Okay. Um, that's fine. We can... You I'm haven't not... seen Return of the Jedi in a long time, have you? No, I, w- I watched all three at least four or five years ago. <laughs> okay. But I don't remember him in Hold it. Hold on. This is an interesting point, though, right? Because this is now... What is our actual memory going up against our nostalgia for it and all this stuff? This is why this is such an, a fascinating discussion because there are parts of us that are, are still... The you know the seven year old in me that wants to defend the enchantment of this movie, and then there's the rational forty three year old in me which is like, come on, no. and, and and all this whole mix of all right. this stuff. I don't know who I want to win out in this. I watched Empire for the first time, and I thought it was going to be a New Hope, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I wanted to see the fucking Death Star. What the fuck happened to you his hand? When? Oh wait, didn't, no, I, that's I, not Empire Strikes Back. That's Return of the Jedi. Don't yes. they make a new one? Okay. Yeah, it's like half anyway. done. Um, then the Emperor shows back. No, I mean, I pretty much take Alex's word for it because I don't have any memories of these movies at, at least like 30 days after I watched them. Yeah. No, I mean, Return of the Jedi was Billy D. Williams just struggling to get through his lines and just mispronouncing things left and right. Yeah. That thing's a Death Star! What? Oh, boy. There are R's in that. All I remember is him wearing the... Uh, all I remember is him wearing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mask. <laughs> <laughs> that gets used um, in this movie. Th- not the yeah. Uh, well, the 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 bone thing that he wears in yeah. Return of the Jedi okay. gets worn by uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I thought that looked. Yeah. Oh man. Well, now I need to read the prequel comic book. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I thought that I thought that Donald Glover did yeah. it. Did a, I, I enjoyed him. Yeah. I was looking forward to seeing Donald Glover as a character I don't give a shit about, and that's what I got. Yeah, <laughs> that's well said. 
I liked him running away with the uh, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I that mean, was, that was good. I, I appreciated that, and I mean, it, I, it should, because it's a prequel to a story we've already seen, but I appreciated the fact that they stayed true to the shifty nature of yeah. their relationship, which is like, they do like each other, because they have this kind of hilariously grudging respect for each other, but like, what they respect about each other is also the very thing that will leave them in the dust the moment either one of them needs to you know, be safe or whatever. So, so Nick, this is really more a question for you. Yeah. I'm, what's up? I'm going to bring up a movie that will seem like it has no bearing on this, but, but hang with me for a second. All right. So the ending scene to this film, and I mean the scene when Han and Chewbacca, uh, go up to the lair with, uh, whatever his name Paul is, Bettany. Paul Bettany. And then, Woody Harrelson shows up, and Kira is there, and all the shit ensues, and whatever. So there's a moment where they pull the gag from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, it's the real one, but it's like, oh, it's but not it's, the real it's, one. It's and the then... real one, but they're claiming it's fake, but it's yeah. actually the real one, which I actually thought was kind of brilliant. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I kept waiting for something more high-tech or more outlandish to happen, but the fact that it was this kind of vague like you had to squint your eyes to try to figure out who's telling the truth in this scenario yeah. no I, i'm with you but that. but, but like the that. whole the whole way the whole um, scene played out i thought actually was wonderful yeah. uh especially and i i didn't expect it in this film because everything that preceded it didn't give me that kind of vibe so. no because every time they said that they were going to do some something that was like heist like mm-hmm. it ended up more being like a raid i'm like that's not how you do a heist like and i don't mind that but like it just kind of was a false sense of like uh coolness whereas where i thought we were going to get like han and lando walking into a place and just kind of charming their way and playing poker or whatever the hell they have to do was more like shooting baddies getting behind locked doors getting the download of whatever and then hoping they can get back to a ship and what was the whole deal, by the way, too, with the ship being chained down? And uh, Becca was like, I know how to take those chains off, so you're going to forfeit 5%. I'm like, what? What was the deal with him saying the forfeit 5%? Millennium Denver boot. No, yeah, the yeah. whole, no, the whole <laughs> thing. I just thought the whole thing is because Lando cheats at everything, so of course there's some people who are. Oh, want that makes their, sense. Yeah. I, guess. I just oh, thought okay. he was like a shifty little asshole. <laughs> and that was the first, not the first time, but that was mm-hmm. the, the, just the. Uh, confirmation of yeah. the fact that he just... That makes sense. Yeah, that's all I Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Finally. We have covered a lot of this film. Yeah. yeah. So, let's yeah. let's put the last nail in this okay. coffin. Okay. I'll go first. You'll unless go first. you wanted to go first, Nick. I mean, what do you want? I'll Somebody first. shoot first. Well done, Tucson. That's... That was, on. that was good. Yeah, I give this film a three out of five. I, I didn't. I didn't hate this. I thought it was an enjoyable watch. I own all the Star Wars films, so I'll be buying this when it comes out. Add it to the collection. Um, I hear a lot of resignation in your voice, though. Yeah, they yeah. still have not put out a movie that you dislike. Oh, I guess you said earlier you don't really care for the two of those. Uh, yeah, I I still like Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean, I, mostly because the like all three of those I don't. That's yeah, fine. The, the the final battle scene between Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan, and um, Darth Maul is fucking awesome. If I were up. to rewatch any prequel, it would probably be that one. Even if I would say that I can totally concede that I'm a the, person. My name is Anakin. 
the uh, like Revenge of the Sith was the best one. Oh yeah, of the three. But it's, not, it's actually that close. No, but, but I feel like rewatching the Phantom Menace would be more fun. It would be because it's yeah. stupid. It is, but it's not the worst film by a margin. Well, no, the the, the, the second film is yeah. bad writing, bad acting, yeah. and Just... really rapey dialogue. Oh, yeah. Well, that was like one of those great lines from one of the Star Wars documentaries where Carrie Fisher was talking about how shitty the uh, dialogue <laughs> was. And she said, George, you can write it. But you can't say that. You know, it's just like putting him on notice. Yeah. No, Attack yeah. of the Clones is is the only movie that qualifies as a, a piece of shit. I hate sand. It's coarse. Gets everywhere. Gets everywhere. So true, though. Yeah. And he seriously is trying to rape her most of the movie, and it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Anyways. I think he was a Sith Lord before all this, man. Like, it was just always in him. It's dark. But he's good. I, I think that... Because he saved his son. No, that... Mm. No. Oh, what a great addition by George Lucas. <laughs> Anyways, I, I thought this was enjoyable, but certainly not the best that Star Wars has to offer. Um, so it's three out of five for me. Uh, a film that I'll enjoy watching again, but not again at the movie theater. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah. I'll go. Okay. I surprisingly didn't mind this <laughs> like that's my best praise i can give it because i'm just shocked by that alone i thought the ron howard uh magic worked here because i really think that ron howard is a gifted storyteller not because he makes great movies but because he can never really make a bad one it's almost like this like he's just got this weird bowling handicap where <laughs> like mm. it's just like it's always going to be in the positive numbers for me if he makes a movie, which is not to say that he doesn't uh, make bad movies. Yeah, but it's just like there's something so palatable about his movies. There's a baseline is, that he always hits. Yeah, and this is no exception. His last two have been because yeah, he made but, he made Inferno, the third well, Robert Langdon. That. that movie's shit. Yeah, I mean and he made In the Heart of the Sea, which that was. Not great, <laughs> but he made Rush right before. Rush that. was really good. I was yeah. say, he still got it in him. He yeah. just got to find it again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was uh, subtly entertained by this. I got to admit, the one way I kind of knew that I was at least taken by this in some form or capacity mm-hmm. was for, out of all the callbacks in this movie, of all the things to, that is aimed right at a Star Wars fan to make you go, ooh. ooh. Um, there was something in here which I'm not saying is not aimed at, but it was actually a pretty minuscule moment that wasn't really a fan service moment because it didn't dwell on it at all. But mm. I actually got a ting of like remembering watching the old movies as a kid. The moment I saw Chewbacca not sit in the chair in the Millennium Falcon, but reach up to move a few switches. Like, that was almost like a weird muscle memory Mm. nostalgia reflex, where for the first time in the whole movie, and for the first time in, like, a lot of these new Star Wars, where I felt like I was watching something that was cut from the same cloth of what I used to watch as a kid, which Mm. is not to say that it's as good as those movies, or that this is even as good as, like, the other trilogy that's currently happening. But, like, man, was that kind of a weird trip for me, as someone who just wasn't expecting to be taken like that. So, something must have been working here. It's it's one of those just, like Tucson just said, baseline competent movies for me. Uh, And I had fun with it in between all the silliness. So, I, I give it three out of five, because... I shouldn't find Star Wars this average, but I did. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I don't have any more thoughts to say about this. I think that it just needs to be put about its misery. I think that it's a two. Um, you like the little alien guy, though. Yeah, but that's like one half. That's a half star. <laughs> it's only worth half star. That's a half star. Bump. John Favreau. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just... He's... Uh, Kenny was just telling me recently that he's going to be doing a Star Wars television series or something. Yeah, yeah he's working on that. All right. Everybody's, all these old white men are working <laughs> on some Star Wars stuff, but we're not going to get a woman. Nope, we're not going to get. Oh, wait. There is one woman who's going to be like the assistant director um, for the third uh, trilogy film with J.J. Uh, Abrams. So that's progressive. Assistant. Uh, assistant. Assistant, of course. You gotta work your way up from being an assistant to being an assistant assistant. Um so yeah, this gets a two from me. Okay. Okay. Uh I'll go two point nine. I'll go to fuzz underneath Alex on, mm. on this one. So and I don't know what that does because there's just a, a, a there everything was just off enough for me to kind I mean I, and I always I can feel it happen during a movie. This happened during uh, Justice League. No, what was the? Yeah, Justice League. Yeah, yeah the Justice League movie where I can I can feel my eyes roll in the back of my head. You know, I was like, you just do one of those, and that happened a couple times in this movie where it's like that's, that that shouldn't happen. Nick really liked Justice League, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he liked it more than everybody else. Yeah, at the I table. Mean, <laughs> there's something just weird like... about blockbusters where if like you get their lukewarm on it, I'm like, what the hell, guys? That wasn't so bad. Like, I'm lukewarm too, but like. It makes me feel better. No, but usually you hate these movies. Yeah, I know. So, but I yeah. gave Justice League a three out of five. Yeah. But wow. I haven't seen it since, and I could very easily lower it if I saw it again. But yeah. that was just like this, where I went thinking I would hate it, and I didn't hate it, so maybe that just helps it. Well, I, I always think it's that rewatching that's curious. I remember how much I initially really didn't like uh, Suicide Squad, and then it was on again. I was like, oh, I was much too generous to even like that next time watching Dude, it, where you have that. the second time I watched Suicide Squad, Did that movie the second time? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was, yeah. I watched it last November. At, randomly, when I was in Hawaii, I watched it. Yeah. And boy, that movie sucks. It's yeah, it's bad. Damn. Maybe that's also why I thought highly of Justice League, because they've done much worse than that movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Man of Steel is in its own class, in yeah. my opinion, but yeah, Justice yeah, League. Yeah, and I, I, in fairness, I don't think I've given that one a rewatch either, Man of Steel, but I, I would imagine the same thing. I just, you know, I think it goes back to this kind of bigger question, too, which is, like, if you think, and I, I think we brought this up before, Disney, again, the, their acquisition of Marvel, their acquisition of, do, did they just get their hands on the superheroes of Fox. So do they have controlling um, interest of, of X-Men the, and Fantastic Four? Right because there might Comcast be another... is trying to step in and yeah, break that yeah, up. Yeah. Until you see them appear in a movie, I wouldn't say anything is final. Um, obviously then with uh, you know, their yeah. Lucasfilm acquisition and, and Pixar, then their Disney, their actual Disney properties, yeah. you know, the idea that so much oxygen of our cultural creativity is dominated by this one company when they to kind of go back to kind of what Toussaint was saying before like is this is this where we want our our imagination to always go towards i mean it's just it's going to be the persistent problem of our time when will we start seeing star wars rom-coms you know like you know, I mean, I, I never thought I'd say this, but like, I, I remember I just doing a thought experiment with my students. I'm like, you know, when do you think 
they're going to reboot Lord of the Rings. I mean, how old will oh, I be when they do that? And going, yeah, here they, we they are. They are. Yeah. are, right? Like, Amazon's like allocating a billion dollars to just do the whole thing. Or, and like, and I, Is Peter I, Jackson going to be involved? I'm, I'm actually... No. In, no? Nope. They're doing, like, they just want a whole new Lord of the Rings. Oh, my. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, so in, in fairness, when, 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 when are we going to see the next Tony Stark? When, are, when they reboot that's, this? That's, when are uh, they, what's the next thing? Like, so it's just... It, the, that's the question that they don't run an answer right now. Right. And they're going to keep on putting it off until they actually have to. Um, because the the the, the nature of, of comic book serialized storytelling is that these characters can exist for however so many years mm-hmm. as they need to. They can update their origins. They can put them in different places and stuff. They can be relatively the same character, maybe with different writers and stuff like that. They can look the same. But uh, here's the thing about humans. Humans are mortal, and they die eventually. And they, old, and they, they age. Um, so, working on that. Oftentimes pretty badly. <laughs> um, so they have to find somebody else to play these people, and there's no way to really find another Robert Downey Jr. in we, that case. We've well, s- then we'll give him an Alden Ehrenreich. We, we've seen, though, no problem for the most part um, in in pop culture with characters being replaced in different universes. So like Spider-Man, although people didn't like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, but we're on the third iteration of Spider-Man in this millennium already. Uh, Batman's had three now in this millennium. Even Marvel doesn't mind doing it in the universe with uh, Rhodes and... That's true, but I guess I'm more speaking of just legitimately just putting somebody else in Tony Stark's place uh, and calling him Tony Stark is going to be great if, like, Robert, for whatever reason, decided to quit, like, prematurely. And so they do an entire Avengers or something movie where it's just Iron Man the suit and they just take old audio clips of Robert Downey Jr. Just like, oh, I'm Iron Man. It's a little little Grand Moff. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, like... Well, they did that to him in Civil War. Like, if, if, like, he takes the mask off at some point and it ends up being, like, Michael Fassbender. Like, what? Like, is anybody going to really go for that? I guess they probably are, right? No, because then they'll be like, what's Magneto doing in there? <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll own the... Yeah, That's fuck. True. Yeah, ah. see? Going back. I'm see, that, that, there's Magneto. our Oro Buros again, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> That's how I can make the suit fly. Yeah. <laughs> hey! Hey! All right. So uh, two point nine. Boom. Fun rating. I just I had, to, I had to I had to just go just a fuzz. Yeah. Two's too drastic. Although I'm I don't know maybe I felt that way initially and you guys gaslit me into three. <laughs> two point nine. I didn't so. gaslit you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoke from the heart. I went I went low. I went low for me. Yeah. So anybody else out there in the world, if you have thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, you can send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com, or you can try to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You have to try really hard at Film Tank Show. Yeah. Next week, uh, a movie that's one of my personal favorites. I don't think I'd put it in my top 50 of all time, but I really enjoyed this film. And Maybe is you a, will after this next viewing. Yep. It's a possibility. Uh, so this is an earlier film from Denis Villeneuve before Sicario and Arrival, and Blade Runner, and the two-part Dune movie that he's going to do, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm hyped for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm for that sure show. you are. Yep, Walk Without Rhythm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kwisatz Haderach. 
So a film he did five years ago called Prisoners uh, with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, which I just really enjoy. Um, we're going to talk about that next week, myself, Nick, and Toussaint, and it's uh, going to be a good episode, I think. So look forward to that. Uh, big thanks to Brian. Thank big you. thanks. Oh, yeah. Very big thanks. Thank I you. love it. And, <laughs> I mean, we still talk about it over and over again on many episodes, how ridiculous it is that we did a three-hour episode <laughs> on Batman vs. Superman. Fun. Never again. <laughs> this episode, like, it didn't feel long, really, at all, but it was an hour and a half. Like, yeah. It was, like, Hit. double this episode. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I don't know what we yeah. talked about for yeah. three hours. A lot. A lot of Marvel. A lot. A lot of, we did talk about Marvel for a, lot a long of, time. That is yeah. true. But, that is true. But um, door's always open, and I know I, now that yeah. it's the summer, summer hopefully we'll get you back open. at least one more Love time. It. Love Good it. time. So um, thank you very much again to Brian. And from uh, Toussaint, Nick, and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to us here at Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. Uh oh, two sounds thrown up again. <laughs> that was good.